Welcome to Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. I'm your host, Tigrila Gardenia, nature-inspired mentor and leadership coach. In this podcast, I share ancient and modern knowledge from biology to spirituality about the wondrous ways in which plants can help you lead a naturally conscious life. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. I am Tigrila Gardenia, and I am just so excited to be here with you. I want to share with you this beautiful conversation that I had with Anna Clint. Now, Anna Clint was somebody that I met several months ago when I participated in the Phoenix Soul Salon. It was one of these beautiful one day events where there's tons of speakers speaking. And as soon as we got on the call and started to (laughs) discuss the topic when she was interviewing me, we just quickly ran out of time. It was just so obvious that there was so much more we could go into. So we decided to put together another interview another conversation where we could dive deeper. And I'm really excited to talk with you. This episode, which is episode 41, is all about how plants help you accept who you really are. And Anna is the perfect person to have this conversation with because she is a trauma-informed expert in the field of spico-spiritual energetic healing. So who better to really get in and ask those good questions about how is it that the plants help us get out of our conditioning, help us step into presence, help us get rid of that guilt and that shame. But I'm not going to summarize the whole episode to you because I probably could. But without further ado, I want to share with you episode 41, how plants help you accept who you really are. My interview slash conversation with Anna Clint. Hello, I'm Anna Clint here with Born to Flourish. And I have with us today Tigria Gardenia. Tigria is a nature-inspired mentor, a personal evolution coach, a world ambassador for plant intelligence. Her research focuses on plant neurobiology, plant music, social innovation, esoteric teachings, and ecosystem thinking. She helps multi-potentialites like us, creatives, and naturepreneurs confidently lead naturally conscious lives in collaboration with the plant kingdom. Welcome so much, or welcome to Gria. I'm so happy that you're here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we had an introductory conversation as part of the Phoenix Soul Salon in September. And at the end of that, I was like, I needed more time with Tigria. I did not get all of my questions answered. Your work is so interesting and deep and like scientific and esoteric at the same time. Like I just, I love it. So I'm so delighted that we can go into it a little bit deeper today. (laughs) <laughs> Me too. I'm excited. I'm excited to see where the conversation goes. Yeah. One of the things that you had brought up that we didn't actually, I don't think we really went into, or at least we didn't get into the weeds with it, as I like to say, and we love our weeds here in, mm-hmm. in the nature community. We love our weeds. Um, but there's this idea. I do a lot of trauma healing work and a big piece around trauma is that we lose connection to our authentic self. And we don't know how to be authentically ourselves in the world. And this is like a fundamental aspect of being able to live full, whole, purposeful lives where we're fully engaged is being able to reclaim that authenticity. And you said something that I really want to get into, which is like how plants help us accept who we really are, like intrinsically are. And then from that place, step into more expansive ways of thinking and being. 
I want to know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is, it's a fantastic, and there is a lot there because we have to understand that most of the time, the reason that we don't really get into our authentic self, it's not a conscious choice. It's mm-hmm. most likely a conditioning. Right. And um, so I live in Damanhur. It's one of the largest spiritual eco communities in the world, part of the esoteric school here. And a big school of thought is the idea that we have three main rivers of conditioning that we have. We have the river of our education, all good intentions, but they teach us how to do things. We right. have the rivers connected to our family. You know, what are the traditions? What do our families teach us is right and wrong? What is respectful and disrespectful? All kinds of aspects of this. And then the third one is our social, you know, cultural norms, right? Where we are coming from, where do we live and all those aspects. And these all have been kind of imposed on us with the idea that this is the way that we how shall I say, this is the way we understand the world, right? We understand the world through these, and this is the way we interact with the world. The problem is that going down these rivers means I never learned to listen to myself. There is no class that we get told and that we get taught in school of how to trust your gut. You don't do mathematics saying, what is the best way for me to apply my own way of thinking to the math problem? We're taught that you're supposed to do one plus one equals two, and these are the things that we do. So all of these well-intentioned conditioning means we're completely disconnected from who we are. So how can we actually be authentic when that happens? Add on top of that, the trauma, the being called weird, the all the other aspects that reinforce those conditionings. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it really hard. The thing about the plant world is that those types of conditionings don't really exist because a plant constantly has to adapt to the conditions in which they are. So it, most of the plants that you have inside your home for example, were plants that originally came from tropical environments or for completely different environments from the one in which they live in right now. They've had to adapt or else they die. Mm -hmm. And so that fact that being sessile, not being able to run away, not being able to get away, I mean, our legs seem like a huge benefit, but in reality, it's actually a hindrance (laughs) because it means we have been taught to run away from our problems, from run away from things that are difficult. So the plants really, first and foremost, on one level, help us understand that an ecosystem is not made from individuals that are hard-coded to those rules or to those functions. It's made from a series of individuals that come into an environment, start to carry out their normal functions, and then if those functions don't work, look around and say, well, what's happening in this environment? Why is this not working? And what do I need to modify? So Mm -hmm. even first as a model, then plants act as an amazing model to help us see that, oh, wait a minute, I need to take whatever I was taught, but if it's not working for me, I need to look at my environment and what is it that my environment is affording me? What is it presenting me with? And how does what I have been taught clash with that? And where do I make modifications? And this doesn't mean that anybody was wrong. Your parents weren't wrong. Right. Your my, my grandmother once said something to me extremely powerful that I, I never forgot, which is we were talking about uh, gay marriage or something like that. And my grandmother looked at me and she says, 
You have to understand, in order for me to believe that being gay is okay, I have to believe that my mother was wrong. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful statement. That's a yes. recognition that yeah. the river is there. It came from a right or wrong that your parents taught you. Mm-hmm. And am I dishonoring my parents by modifying my thought process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for some people, that's extremely difficult. Where plants help us see that in the natural world, when we're back into our natural self, we are, oh, it's okay to modify our way of being from the way that our parents were because that is what's most suited and adapted for the environment. And it's also moving forward. So that's one aspect. Mm -hmm. The other aspect is that plants also give us the elements that we need in order to do this. So they provide for us, not just a model, but also uh, the the kind of mentorship or the the kind of, um, um, it's the right word I'm looking for, the conditions in order for me to do this. So Mm -hmm. when you go and you immerse yourself in a natural environment, whatever way that that might be, that could be going through a park in your neighborhood and just losing yourself in the sounds of the birds and in the plants and in everything that's happening, or even just sitting down outside and staring at the grass for a while, or, you know, spending some time with one of the house plants you live with and being with them. There are a whole series of chemical interactions as well as other types of interactions that happen that naturally help me lower my stress. So work on that low level fear, get through, um, kind of get me out of the depression fog Mm -hmm. and find clarity, improve my cognitive abilities. Like there's a whole series of scientifically marked experiments that help us understand that immersing ourselves in natural environments really leads to more positive mental health. Mm -hmm. So when I'm moving towards positive mental health, it's, I feel safer. I feel taken care of. And I can then allow myself to see what's happening in front of me with better eyes. Mm -hmm. I'm not operating from a place of fear. I'm operating instead from the ability of saying what's going on, what is it that that's happening? And I'm able to even be more gentle with myself. I don't, I don't judge myself for this. I see it as, okay, well, that's where I am. Where do I need to go? Mm-hmm. So that's another way. And the last way that I'll, I'll mention, I mean, there's so many others, but I'll mention that <laughs> is the, I, the, also the aspect that when we allow ourselves to enter into that deep relationship with plants, besides the fact of, um, I won't even go into the whole communicating with plants, because once you start communicating with plants, they, you know, can really help you see things from a different perspective, but even not even getting there, there's the entire aspect that when I allow myself to connect in that way, I immediately am wrapped into the present. It's almost like uh, most of the time we as humans live or in the nostalgia of the past, Mm -hmm. which is where a lot of things have happened, or in the anticipation of what's going to happen in the future. Right. When I'm working that closely with a plant, it's almost impossible for you to do that because Mm -hmm. plants grow so slow that you sort of can't, yeah, sure, I can remember when you were tiny, but you don't live there. You're kind of like, oh, look at who you are today. And there's this entire aspect of presence that naturally happens. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can, again, be more authentic with yourself because you are bumped into the presence. And so you're not worrying about who you've been and you're not worrying about who you've become, but you start to sit with who you are, which honestly, 
we do very little. Like, <laughs> very little. We really don't. We 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 judge who we've been. Mm-hmm. We think about who we want to become, but mm-hmm. we don't spend a lot of time in a non-attached way of saying, okay, but this is who I am right now. And sure, it's not all perfect, but it's what I have. And therefore I'm gonna just find that way to be okay with it Mm -hmm. and to sit in that. And that allows me then to start to emerge out in a way that is more true to who I am. Like I can, again, see those rivers and I can see where they're coming and I can see where they've brought me. And then I can say to myself, okay, well, this river over here, I don't even know if it's good or bad. Like, it's not that you automatically know this is not good for me, but sometimes you don't even really know if it is. So you have to sort of uh, give yourself permission to get out of that and say, I'm going to test this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try something completely new and see what happens. Like, do I really know what I like to eat? (laughs) <laughs> or was I just eating what my parents do? Do I really want to eat at that time? Right. Like, do I have to eat breakfast? Or is that just something my parents taught me to do? Right, totally. Or my society. Yeah, there's something coming through really strongly, especially around like the first point, right? After you were talking about the three rivers of conditioning and this notion that the plant, being with the plants and engaging with them is a space that is free from shame and blame and self-criticism, self-denial, and coming back into this presence of, you know, uh, so often, especially in the transformational community, it's, we talk so much about who we're becoming <laughs> as if that is so something that is separate from who we are right now, as if right. like what we are and who we are now is not good enough and that we have to become something else. And so when we're getting, you know, as we're extracting ourselves from those rivers of conditioning, we have a tendency to feel shame about it. Like, oh, I'm not doing it the way so-and-so says that I should, or I was taught or et cetera. And it's so inherent and shame and authenticity cannot like coexist together. And so I just love this idea that you're bringing forward around like, asking, you know, right now I'm looking out at how the wind is like moving the juniper tree in my backyard. And I'm just like, the motion of it is kind of enthralling. And then I'm about to lose my train of thought (laughs) because I'm so present with it. (laughs) Yeah. And this idea about this present moment right here, right now, I think presence itself takes you out of that river of conditioning when we can really land into it. And I just, I love, I love, 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 love this. The first time I connected with a plant and actually received a response, I got chills. It is such an invigorating sensation when you break through like that and realize just how connected we are and that we are nature. As a nature-inspired mentor myself, I was super excited to stumble upon the SHIFT Network and its mission to empower a global network of evolutionary change agents. Talk about my kind of movement. There are so many inspiring thought leaders, healers, empaths, and other visionaries all under one roof, each with an individual and collective mission to help you reawaken and co-create a just and prosperous world. Now check out the show notes, click on the link and learn more about the shift network. Consider enrolling even in a course or two. They are the perfect complement 
to your evolving naturally conscious life. I hope you enjoy what you find in the shift network and come back to the naturally conscious community and let us know all about what you're learning and exploring. I agree. Yeah. And, and I do think it's so important to recognize that the shame, the, the feeling like, again, something is wrong. Those such, it's so strong, especially in some cultures. And we cannot deny the cultural aspects of it because that's where it comes from. So we need to then remember, okay, wait a minute. I am a being of nature. And like, it was interesting. If you, if you watch yourself when you were watching the juniper, right. When anybody who's watching the video can like rewind really quick and look, you moved like it, right. You entered into that relationship. And that also gave you the opportunity to feel your body in a different way. Yeah. And that's exactly what happens, right? If I'm looking at how a blade of glass, a blade of glass, of grass, a blade of grass, <laughs> wow, that that in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like how that is. And then you start to see, wait a minute, no grass is ever just that one kind of grass, unless it's artificial. But if not, it's actually tons of other little types of grasses. And wait, look at the diversity that's happening here. And you start to follow that. And then you start to recognize it inside yourself because we are all nature. I mean, we have to remember that we have three ways to be with nature. One, we can observe nature. So it's the idea of observing the environment around me. Two, I can participate in nature. I can do things with the natural environment. The third is the most important. I am nature. And right. I have to remember that I am in there. And in an ecosystem, that shaming doesn't exist. Exactly. That idea that anything that you do is wrong, it's all a test. It's all experiments. It's all the way that we explore the world. It's all the way we evolve. And evolution isn't a thing I'm always striving for. Evolution is a thing that's happening in the now. And I think that that's the other part of it. I don't use transformation as a word as much because transformation to me oftentimes implies a future. Mm -hmm. Evolution is always happening. Nature is always evolving. I am always evolving. The way I'm having this conversation with you, if you were to ask me this question again tomorrow, my answer would be different because I, I am evolving. I'm taking in more things. I'm saying it in a different way. I've had different experiences throughout it. And when we can remember that every single thing I do is an experimentation that I can then take in and integrate or I can let go, then it's really freeing. It makes it, it makes you realize that there are no mistakes. There are just things that you maybe could do it in a different way. And as long as you learn from it, you can pick up and go. Mm, I love that. That we are in this evolutionary process that, that really resonates so strongly. And, um, and I just, I love that. I'm curious, like one of the things that you talk about are soul archetypes and mm -hmm. our soul's mission in the context of what we've already been talking about, like how does the authenticity that, um, this, you know, like self-knowledge self, knowledge, self uh, um, like being with plants allows us to have a certain kind of a mirror that we don't necessarily have, even with people who know us really well, or even with our coaches right. or healers or whatever. And, um, I'm curious how that relates to this idea of the soul archetype, the soul mission from your lens. Yeah. So we have to imagine ourselves is that all of us have a main sort of archetype element, deep pattern that we carry out. 
All of us have it. I mean, and we've been carrying that same type out for as long as our soul has been in existence, whether you believe that that's one life or that's 700 million lives, no. but it's always in there. And that archetype, that element really describes kind of the way that I process the world in, in nature. So if you look at it from a biomimetic perspective, we call it the deep pattern. It's the, the simple rule that gets carried out by that species um, or by that series of organisms or superorganism that ends up kind of helping them manage what happens in the world. And we all have that. So our, our element could be something like uh, the catalyzer, right? The person that creates is the catalyst for change. The person who always, no matter what environment they're in, always drops that thing that makes everything sort of change and changes the rules on you. There's the person who's the pillar, right? I am always, my my friend once told me that what he loves most about his wife is that no matter where he goes, he can pick her up and she will be rooted. So they can move from country to country, from experience to experience, and she will find the way to be his rooted anchor. She is the pillar upon which he can always kind of um, uh, lean on. And so do all her friends say the same thing. Each one of us has a way of doing that. And this is also what we see in the natural world. There are these deep patterns that carry out, and this is what helps the ecosystem all sort of work together and flourish in it. And since once we understand what that is, then I can look at all the different passions, all the different ideas I have, all the ways, and move it through consciously that element to understand. Now, this doesn't mean that your roles are different. Like, it doesn't mean you can't be a leader if you're sunshine. Like, if I'm a pillar, for example, I can be the type of leader that my team can rely on, that my team can really lean on, that my team comes to me when they are looking for support in some ways. If I'm instead a sun archetype or a sun element, then this means that I'm the one that's supposed to bring inspiration. I'm supposed to bring new light. I'm supposed to shine through in these ways. If instead I'm a catalyst, I'm the kind of leader that helps to bring in new. So I'm probably working in elements that bring in something new and unexpected that that takes what's static and blows it up in some ways. So there's lots of different ways to do it. And the plants help us really understand that this is a natural process and that it's not limiting because again, I can express myself through many different types of ways, right? I could be a leader and I could be a painter and I can be a, you know, a musician and I could be a secretary and it doesn't matter what the actual role is, it's how you carry out the role that is important. And that's what happens in an ecosystem. You have these particular archetypes that are always being embodied. Somebody has to produce this. Somebody has to, so you have your decomposers. You have instead your um, uh, dentrivores. You have instead those that produce nourishment. You have those that transport nutrients. You have those that can break down rock, those that can break down phosphorus, those can, you know, there's all kinds of different elements. And that helps us better understand that my place or my way of doing things is not reliant on whatever passion I'm doing. I can change from one passion to another. Mm -hmm. What it is, though, is 
the way I carry it out allows me to really be me because it allows me to express myself more fully. So going back to the authentic self, when I recognize my element, when I recognize who I really am, what are my patterns and what is my natural way of doing things? Now I have, I'm expansive because I can take in any input and pass it through that filter and have it come out as something spectacular Mm -hmm. because that is what I was here to do. That Mm -hmm. is what allows my soul to carry out the overall mission that it's doing. And each life I get to do it from a different purpose with a different set of tools, with a different set of characteristics and traits and personalities and passions and all these things, but they go through the same engine and life by life, I am improving my engine. I'm refining it. I'm making it more clear. I'm being able to use it more efficiently. That's amazing. What is your soul archetype? It's a good question. So um, my, I'm still working on identifying all the elements of it because yeah. I'm kind of seem to be some sort of hybrid, which is weird. And that's why I'm like working it. I am very, very good. Um, how do I say? I'm an I'm a I'm an organizer and a big picture organizer. Like yeah. I can see what the big picture is uh-huh. and distill it down to the elements that are most important. Mm-hmm. So that's a really big part of something I have always done. So I've done it as a project manager. I've done it as an event producer. I've done it as a teacher. I'm really great at helping you sort of understand the big picture and then distilling it into the individual things that have to be done in a very practical matter. So mm-hmm. my in this lifetime it comes through in practicalities like but not how do I say this? It's not about a task list, it's about really seeing the elements that make up the whole. Yeah, I'm picturing a big tree canopy, all of the leaves and then the small branches coming to larger branches coming to larger branches yeah. coming to the synthesis of the Uh, (laughs) that's so cool exactly exactly and that's it yeah and so how do we go about finding out what our soul archetype is through this lens that you're talking about yeah so there's a few different ways to do it um one aspect is from a dumb and hurrying perspective we have an entire school that is dedicated to this right part of the initiatic path that dumb and her is discovering yourself also included in the mystery school program that we have that is all about understanding who you are, understanding the big concepts of the universe, how the universal engine works, Mm -hmm. and then how do I fit into this, including that. That's one way of doing it. Mm -hmm. Another way of doing it is, of course, working with me in the sense of what I am, what I love doing is I work with people one-on-one and in community. So I live in community, right? Like I said, Dominher is one of the largest eco communities out there. And so the idea of we evolve better together and faster is a concept of nature, right? If you right. go to a biomimicry's right. website, you will see it nice and big and clear, like partnerships, um, collaborations, uh, mutualisms, all of them, the togetherness really accentuates the learning process and the growing and the evolving process. Mm-hmm. So when when I work with people, I work with you one-on-one because we need to create that space for you to really explore, to let you open yourself because you'd be amazed how many people come and they give you one little piece of the story because they don't understand that the whole story all matters. 
Yeah. Everything matters. Like you, you don't want to limit yourself. You yeah. want to see everything that is around you. So the one-on-one -on -one work really gives us the ability to go in to you and to look at yourself. My, my client the other day said to me something so beautiful. She said, I have the feeling that I could say to you the worst thing that I might have ever done, the thing that causes me the most shame, and you would help me find how it's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that, Beautiful. that's it. That's what yeah. I do. Because, because once you feel like it's okay, then it's easy for you to move forward from there and take it into something else and, and right. really use it. And then the other aspect is the community. So I have my own um, online community. It's called the Nat Conscious Community. It has both free and paid parts. And all of my clients, as well as everybody in the world that wants to go in there, goes in there. And this is a place of exploration where, again, everything we've talked about is, is laid out where we have these discussions specifically around, we need to change the paradigm. The paradigm that we're in right now in our world is scary. It's chaotic. It's shameful. It's judgmental. It has all these aspects and our vocabulary mirrors that our, our way of acting, our rivers have been now imbued with this idea that we have the human world and then like everyone else is below. And, and even there, we're constantly sort of gouging our eyes out because mm -hmm. there's always something going on yeah. where this is a place for us to be weird to throw out concepts and ideas that maybe today don't make sense, but I promise you that when we fiddle with them, we'll eventually get there. I have one of my clients that I love. She talks about her 22nd century business model. And when we first started working together years ago, she could not describe it, but she knew it existed. Yeah. And only recently, after a few years of working together with the group in a group dynamic, we started to talk about some things and we were like, oh, this is the 22nd century business model. Like right. this is starting and it's completely different from the way we would normally think about doing business. And I love that because it's an incubator. It's a catalyzer. It's a container. My, I would say that the secondary element that I possess, that is my superpower is creating a safe environment. Mm -hmm. Like I love creating a place and I used to do this when I produced events. I did this when I was, you know, again, working at places like Microsoft, creating software. How do you feel safe enough to experiment? How do you feel accepted no matter what comes out of it? And I love creating that, which is why I decided to do it on my own platform, because I wanted that safe net yes. that people could yes. let out there whatever they were thinking about. And nobody would make fun of you. On the contrary, it'd be like, that's an interesting concept. Like yeah, totally. I had never thought about that, which is where the plants are really helpful because plants don't use human, the human logic we have today. Yeah. Plants have a completely alternative logic to us, a logic that is really their own. And so when we step into our plantness, where we reawaken that part of ourselves, we have the ability to tap into that whole evolutionary concept, what's been working for so many years, which is the fact that everything changes. Right. Right. I want to go back. You just froze for a second. I want to go back um, and just remark on when you were talking about, you know, the community that you're living in and, and your naturally conscious community, you're talking about collaboration and uh, mutual support and, um, you said a whole bunch of words that are evading me right now, but essentially you were describing the, the, uh, the uprising of the divine feminine paradigm. 
you're describing the the new earth paradigm you're describing the aquarian age like how um this complete paradigm shift out of competition and into collaboration and into mutual support and in you know from shame to you know radical acceptance just want to you know make that note there like this is you know really paralleling what is you know a lot of us in, in you know in my community and others are talking about in terms of and pardon me for that I don't know if you heard it but my timer went off <laughs> but um around these ideas around like how we are going to move from this place of um war this place of self-denial this place of annihilation of of humans animals plants etc um so i'm just putting in that plug there about the 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 overlapping ways that that we're working in in harmony even though you're working with plants and i might be working in other ways um total side note <laughs> about plants and you what is your relationship when it comes to eating plants or using plants as wise medicine, herbal medicine? I'm curious, like how you relate to plants in that way. This is a place where it's so important for us to remember that plants are a completely different type of being than humans. They approach life and death differently. They have a different relationship with the earth. They are they provide food and nourishment. They are, you know, the, those, their photosynthesis is exactly that as a pillar for our entire world in which to create what is necessary to nourish others. And this happens both spiritually, emotionally, physically. And so, so eating plants is not about should I, or shouldn't I eat plants? It's about balance. It's about harmony. It's about flow. It's about reciprocity. The idea of how much can I eat? And that was interesting because I, so I have body dysmorphia. I had lots of situations with weight and body things and shame and such in for many parts of my life. Mm. And this work with plants has fundamentally shifted that That's because cool. I now don't have to think about dieting. Mm -hmm. I eat mm -hmm. based on a relationship. Therefore, I try not to take too much yeah. and I try to give back. I try to listen to my body so that I believe, I fundamentally believe that if everybody ate based on listening to their body, yes. we would have enough food to go around. Totally. If we understood better how to create and how to create a relationship with our food, we would not have the gorging that happened. So we wouldn't have both the health problems that we have, but we also wouldn't have a lot of the agricultural and mass agriculture problems that we have. So that's so for me, the eating part is part of the cycle of life, right? You see it yeah. in all aspects of the natural world. 
Yeah. You see lots of species that eat plants and yet they live and thrive and flourish. Mm-hmm. It's only us that go into the excess because we do it based on fear and trauma and non-authenticity and for social. I mean, have you ever tried to go out with a, with a group of friends and told them, oh no, I'm not going to eat. They yeah. tell you something's wrong with you. What's right. wrong? Come on, just eat whatever. And you're like, I'm not hungry. And this is not when my body naturally wants to eat, but I love being social with you. So I'm going to be here and be social. So we need to, again, going back to those rivers, to break from those in order for us to create this reciprocal relationship that is body, natural body to natural body. And then I will know how much to eat in order to create that flow and in order to ensure that both of our species are nourished and survive and grow. Yeah, beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. And um, it took a while to get there to that part because it was like, what? Yeah. What is happening here? <laughs> well, and again, it's going back to the shame piece. Those rivers are so imbued with shame. And that's not to blame, like you said, it's not blaming our parents. It's not blaming culture. It's just that over time, they have been you know, I, I think about like toxic pollution in a river and like, that's like, you know, I think of the factories dumping shame upstream into the river. And then there we are in these rivers and it's not our fault. It's not really anybody's fault, but it's our responsibility to heal from it and to move forward. And what I'm hearing you say is that plants are an incredible ally for us to do that healing work, to come into presence, deep presence with who we are and how we can move through the world and how we can evolve moment by moment by moment and really embrace that evolutionary process, embrace the moment, embrace our whole selves and know that we are imperfect. And yet we are also here in this grand, incredible, beautiful world of plants and animals and minerals and <laughs> maybe fairies and all of these other things and angels and all of this. Exactly. And this is just a beautiful piece and we are beautiful pieces of it. And I just love your energy so much. <laughs> and I'm so grateful for our time today. And um, this has just been such a delight. Is there any last closing remark that you would like to share with our audience today? I'd love for everyone to recognize that the reawakening, the plant reawakening that comes when you step out of the blindness doesn't necessarily mean I have to become a hiker or a hippie or somebody that goes around and rolls around in the mud. Like it doesn't, it's, that's not what it's about. I have had extremely moving, um, inspirational moments with houseplants or I've had so many insightful understandings that come from sitting right exactly where I am, staring out the window to a beautiful silver fir named Gary, the silver fir, who's outside, and just allowing myself to connect to Gary and just lose myself in Gary. Yeah. It is about, it's not about going out there. The immersion for some of us when we're not used to it is easy when I, you know, do something like forest bathing or go into a park and sit down with the grass, but that's not a necessity. Oftentimes it is about giving myself that space to just be yeah. in that place, in that moment with 
fat plants. So, you know, behind me, there's there's a, a, a Dracenia, the a mother-in-law's tongue that's sitting there. And this is the plant that asks me to dance. Mm. And so I connect, I put some music on, or sometimes I don't, and I just let my body move. And that is a super powerful way that we connect. With this plant, I connect through movement of my body and I get tons of information. And I don't have to go outside. I can, but I don't have to. Mm -hmm. So just remember that nature is all around us. It's in the cracks with the moss growing from the crack on the wall or from, you know, the tube of the gutter or from the dandelion that's coming out from the crack in the sidewalk or for the tree that's sitting and lining your street. All of these could be allies and friends and partners. So it doesn't have to be this giant, I'm going out to see the redwoods. Beautiful if you can, love it, but it's not a necessity. So just remember that nature is about the connection I have with myself, my own inner plantness, my own inner nature, as well as, and making that, letting that make connection. I'm, I'm staring in a direction of a tiny little plant that has, you know, is one of those plants that I look at when I just need that little pick me up. Mm-hmm. That little, <laughs> And that could be huge. So just don't feel like you have to go far, put on hiking shoes and do all that. Yeah. Thank you so much for your wisdom today, your energy, your enthusiasm. This has been super fun for me and I'm sure it will be for our audience too. So thanks again. So how was that? Did you enjoy that conversation with Anna Clint? I I get so excited when I have the opportunity to speak with people who help me really expand what the plants have been teaching and sharing with me over all these years. So going into this topic with her allowed me to really see some of the connections that maybe I hadn't seen before. But I'd really love to hear your thoughts and your experiences. So leave me a comment and remember to hit subscribe, to share, right? The more people that can come into connection with the plants, the better off we're all going to be. But if you really want to get into the conversation, and if you really, really want to get into the conversation, then the Naturally Conscious community is the place for you. Come on in, share your thoughts, be a part of our active community. And remember that NCC is your supportive ecosystem to explore all these new ways of living in harmony with the plant king home. So that's me, Tigria Gardenia. Until next time, remember to resist the urge to hold back your emerging green brilliance. We will see each other next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconnect with Plant Wisdom. Intro and outro music by Steve Shuley and Poinsettia from The Singing Life of Plants. So join me, Tigrila Gardenia, and my plant collaborators next time on Reconnect with Plant Wisdom.